Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Hi, Jen. Oh, I just loved our last conversation all around productivity in the hybrid world. And we're going from P to P, right? We were on um, productivity and you're going to be taking us to another P today. So I can't wait to have this conversation. Absolutely. Today we're talking about project management tips in a hybrid world. And we're going to be looking at some of the core project management principles, what's different in the hybrid space, and a couple of ideas around, you know, which methodology do you want to embrace? I think a lot of organizations are moving to agile. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those core agile processes and practices, as well as, you know, What's important about gaining momentum on projects? So I'm excited. We get to go back to my roots, you know, as a program manager and director, which I always like to say are projects on steroids. And in managing mega projects for many years, um, you know, I think this is a key part of hybrid work. It, it, it is what really started me out as a hybrid leader three decades ago, where some days I was in the office, some days I was on a plane, some days I was in another country meeting with my staff. And it meant that, you know, we really wanted to keep an eye on like the basics, but also um, looked at the importance of relationships and results, which of course, as you know, is at the heart of my writing, Reconnecting Workspaces. So with that, let's dive in. What are you most intrigued about, Michelle? Well, I heard the word idea, and idea is such a big part of my world. I joke with my family sometimes and say that on my tombstone, I wanted to say, wait, I have an idea. So I love that you have ideas sprinkled in there today. But where are we starting? What would be a good starting point for this conversation? Well, I think a good starting point, I've actually called out Chapter 20 of Reconnecting Workspaces, which looks at Project Management 101. And Reconnecting Workspaces, of course, is my latest book. You can pick up a copy on Amazon. But I start the chapter by saying uh, or sharing a proverb. A good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. And I think that's such a key piece, right? A good plan today is is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. So, you know, The principle of our work, especially in the remote and hybrid space, is that projects and programs are living, breathing entities. They have a life cycle of their own. And just to go back to something I think we shared in an earlier episode when we did touch on projects, you know, we often talk about projects in light of what we know as the triple constraint. 
any project needs to come in on time, on scope, and on budget. And as a leader in the project or program world, you know, all decisions should go back to that notion of we've got to keep it in scope. And if, if someone wants to change, well, then we either need more time or we need more budget or we need more people. So it's like a triangle. It's like the trust triangle in many respects. It, you know, the triangle is fixed and we need to find some way to make it all happen. And this is key in the hybrid world where in a hybrid space, we're going to have competing demands. We'll have people who might be physically present with us working on a project virtually present with us. As I shared, you know, my my earlier reality was people across borders. And so how do we really ensure that projects are, you know, continuing to move in complex realities where a lot of things could be happening outside of our control, but those impact the overall project. So we're going to get into some key project management principles in this uh, next section. Um, but I just want you to think about what are some of the projects you or your clients are working on right now? What's, what's important in their world, Michelle? Is there anything you can sh- share? The words candid conversations come up. And I associate you with this because you're so good at having those conversations. Yes, we need to be uh, moving towards, uh, you know, productivity like we were talking about in our last episode. But in today's environment, you know, I think getting the lay of the land, taking that assessment, the read of the the hybrid room, so to speak, of and having those candid conversations of where we truly are. None of the fluff, you know. That'll bring up a lot of different emotions, but I feel like that's important too. So what encouragement or words would you share if someone does have to have these candid conversations? Well, that's such a good one. And I, I'm so glad you associate it with me because it's so typically un-Canadian, right? As Canadians, <laughs> we often go around the issue or real diplomats. But no, the, in, a, in a hybrid world and in a project world, we have to always be communicating. So what I wrote in chapter, um, you know, chapter four, uh, 20 is, Communication is at the heart of any successful project. Know what others are working at real time. Chat, Slack, and instant messaging provide nonverbal channels to keep the conversation going. And the, the next related one is like, keep it in front, keep everything in front. Like as mentioned, out of sight does not mean out of mind. Keeping things visual is important for project teams of all kinds. And, you know, if we were all physically present, we'd have our post-it, you know, wall full of great visual imagery. But how do we use that in a hybrid world? Are we going with digital dashboards? Are we going with physical, you know, um, you know, physical, literally things that people can see in the room or like over the screen? Because we do need to make sure that we're all clear with what the focus is. My third point on page 358 of Reconnecting Workspaces is all teams are going to benefit from being clear with what the focus is. Having clarity on what the current task is, what the deliverables are, are going to set the team up for success. When one person starts at 5 a.m. their time, 2 a.m. for another team member, and 11 a.m. for another, it's important that we all have processes and procedures to know what we're working on, know what success is looking like, share our work and current thinking, and update others. And this is something that we've been really working with and scaling to in the last few months here at Potentials Realized, because I added on three new team members, and uh, the three new team members are all on different time zones. And so we're really having to look at how do we keep, um, how do we determine what needs to be shared, when it needs to be shared, and how it needs to be shared. 
And I have to say, they're all doing a great job on feeding up to me the information so that we can keep projects moving in that, you know, that fixed triangle of the time and the budget and the scope. Because if we go beyond that, everything's going to break down. Oh, so time, budget, scope. Time, budget, scope. You got it. You got it. So with that, you know, here's a little piece I want to really encourage people to think about, though, is projects can seem huge. You know, we can really be like, oh, my gosh, there is just so much to go. But key to making this happen is our brains. So let me just share the brain tip for Chapter 20, which is I've termed dopamine, quick wins, momentum, and motivation. And I think you'll appreciate this. So dopamine is a key transmitter or neurotransmitter related to pleasure, learning, and motivation. It's also something that's been found to be triggered by small wins, right? Our 15 minutes, our daily steps and the things that we get done. So when we plan and achieve those goals, it releases more dopamine. Given the way our brain works, we want to do it again and get another hit of that dopamine. This helps strengthen what we call the loop of self-directed learning. It's just like, I like it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again. So as it relates to planning and projects, when we get more hits from dopamine to fuel the quick wins with smaller goals, we can then start building some momentum as those goals start to stack together. Does that make sense? It totally like, makes sense. Yeah, and, it, and it's all celebration. Stacking, yeah, like, yeah. let's check it off. Let's get it done. Let's get that task complete and checked off. So uh, back to the book, dopamine is a powerful component of motivation and is crucial in boosting our efforts. On projects, notice how dopamine is released when milestones are created and achieved, whether it's the green check mark of a completed task or a tool that I use, I use Experientify for learning, and it gives a ka-ching every time someone completes something. Motivation, learning, and action go hand in hand with dopamine. So I just wanted to share that because it may be useful for people to consider as they're thinking about their projects. And with that, you know, we also may want to be grabbing um, or really embracing uh agile principles where it really is this rapid iteration where teams are falling are failing fast and learning from the process uh, agile's certainly grounded in the philosophy of, of you know really iterate and adapt and some of the earliest questions in the agile world were how do you build autonomy transcendence and cross fertilization into a scrum team and from that combination activate hyper productivity I love that phrase, and I've got to find out who that is. That's actually from J.J. Sutherland's Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time. So hyper-productivity, a great link back to our last episode on productivity in the hybrid world. And I think some of the most productive people are people in the project realm. We know how to get things done, check it off, and I think have fun as, as we go, hopefully, in any project. Yeah, I I personally have to have that fun piece in there. I understand that work has to be, you know, focused. We it's important to get things done, but I do like the fun sprinkled in there, a joy. And you know the strand of gratitude throughout practicing gratitude um yes. throughout your day and those milestones and stopping to savor what you have done, like you said even the small things, that is such fuel. Um, for your heart in in enduring the race and the project that's before you can really change your stance too. Like what you were saying, that hyper productivity, 
can be a blessing if you're running with the right um, engine (laughs) on the inside, so to speak. Absolutely. And this is, you know, what's really led, I think, to the advent and, you know, the absolute, you know, popularity of the scrum master, the role of the scrum master, who's the person on the team that really is checking in, they're liaising, they're making sure that the team is on point and on target. And that's a really, really important role. Like we talked earlier about the importance of communication and clarity in our last episode around productivity. And it's that scrum master who can really activate the culture of a team and the culture, not only like getting things done, but having a culture where we would look at who are we and how do we shape that in a way that that makes it fun, makes it makes it really work. You know what's popping up in my heart is the hybrid work style quiz. So knowing those different styles, that role that you just shared, who might be a great person if they were to take that or can anyone do that role? Is it a culture wizard? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I think if you do check out the hybrid work styles quiz, right? Yeah, the culture wizard could be a great fit for a scrum master, right? You'll often find, um, I and I, you know, this is a good research question for us. So if you haven't taken the hybrid work style quiz yet, head on over to bit.ly forward slash hybrid work quiz. I'm going to make sure that I've actually given you the right link as I'll just go to my laptop here for a minute to make sure that I've got that right link. But the, um, the actually, yes, the, the scrum master, I think is probably a really good one. So I gave you the wrong links. So you got to go to bitly.com forward slash hybrid work quiz. That's bitly.com hybrid work quiz. Good thing I checked, but take that and see if you are a builder, right? If we look at the hybrid work styles, like the builder is the one who wants to get things done. They're the, they're the quote unquote workhorse of the team. I have a bit of a builder in me, as you know, like I love to get work done. Um, The innovative experimenter might be really good on a project scoping, right? They're going to be the one that's really looking more at like the bigger picture. And they're thinking about how do we bring elements together? How do we design this project to be super successful? Maybe in even a shorter amount of time. And they're going to partner probably with the visionary who's, you know, likely and possibly the project manager. They may be the one that's really seeing the big lay of the land. And then, of course, we have our connectors. We need our connectors on the team. So we've got all different roles that show up in a team. And I don't want to just pigeonhole and say, oh, yes, the scrum master has to be that culture wizard. But given that culture wizards really are mostly about getting uh, you know, getting and creating and gelling teams, helping teams and, and projects especially um, really find that identity because the world of projects means that we're often deeply embedded in a project for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years, and then we move on. And I know from my own experience, the better we can be at building teams and empowering teams and creating that team culture, that vibrant, robust team culture, the more productivity is going to happen because people are having fun. People are enjoying their work. They're not just getting it done and checking it off. So if we marry what we've talked about, like the dopamine hits along with, you know, strong team identity, along with clarity around what we're doing and what this project is all about. And are we keeping it in scope, budget and time? Then, Hey, we are going to have a great project. So happy to obviously a much bigger conversation, but for those that, are interested, you know, definitely check out the Teams 365 blog. I've done a lot of posts over the years 
around project management. And of course, chapter 20 of reconnecting workspaces gives you some more resources. So with that, Michelle, I sort of feel complete. Anything you think we need to touch on? before we wrap this episode. No, you not only sparked ideas, but sparked conversations. I can't wait to see the fruit of this conversation and what conversations happen around the world. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you so much. We've got some exciting guests coming up. And as we move into the midpoint of the year, we're going to be doing some workarounds, helping you set your summer projects and thinking about doing a midpoint review of where we've been for the year. So stay tuned before we jump into the summer months of renewing and can't believe it. Maybe wrapping up our third season together. <laughs> wow. Time flies when you're having fun, they say. It really does. Well, as always, Michelle, so enjoy our Tuesday time together. Listeners, thank you for joining us for yet another episode here on the Remote Pathways and the Hybrid Highway. I'll let you do the honors of wrapping us up. Yes, uh, it's just been such a joy. Just one final tip. Um, Jen mentioned that website. I just also, if you happen to be driving in the car or walking around the office right now, just know that we'll put that in the show notes as well so that you can find that. So uh, yeah, until we speak again, look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care, everyone. Be well. 